coaching can help you gain deeper understanding of challenges that may be holding you back. You may not realize that there are others who may be successful and operating successful businesses who share some of the same challenges that you are facing. Welcome to Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. Our program will look into the individuals and their challenges and show how the coaching process may be what they need to find the root causes of these challenges within themselves and learn to work through these challenges in order to find success. Now, here's your host, Ronald Graves. Hello, welcome to Coaching for Real, brought to you by Poema Leadership Institute, the show that brings you real people, real challenges, and real breakthrough. Again, I'm your host, Ronald Graves, and this show is about you. Coaching for Real is on the Voice America Business Channel to help you discover your masterpiece and live into your greatness. So, are you living into your greatness? Are you achieving all that's possible? Would you even venture to say that you're fully aware of the array of possibilities that are available to you? I'm going to be blunt here and say no. Why? Because your greatest possibilities reside beneath your current level of awareness, waiting patiently to be discovered and unleashed. Today's show will increase your level of awareness and demonstrate how you can tap into that wealth of knowledge and inspiration that awaits you. I will introduce our guests in just a minute, but first, since this show is called Coaching for Real, let's examine the word coach for just a minute. The word coach is used to describe a number of different people. There are sports coaches, life coaches, business coaches, performance coaches, executive coaches, and many more. In fact, our guest last week was a transformational coach. Why do these people call what they do coaching instead of, say, teaching, or training, or leading, or consulting, or even mentoring? What do these people all have in common? You see, we spent most of our lives learning from others through different mediums such as books, classrooms, computers, radio, television, the internet, and one-on-one conversations. And those people fill the role of teacher, author, trainer, manager, leader, consultant, mentor, and so on. And by the time we leave formal education, where we've been subjected to information coming at us from all directions so we can memorize it, we're conditioned to look outside of ourselves for answers. And that's okay, because every one of us should be learning and growing every day, and there is an unlimited amount of knowledge to be found all around us. Today's show will bring you some valuable insight about finding that dream job, some of which you've never heard before, some you may have heard but forgotten, and definitely some that you need to hear again. But the source of greatness that will allow you to succeed in that dream job cannot be found in the world of knowledge because that source is within you. Let me explain. First and foremost, it's important to understand that you were created to be great. There is a masterpiece, a poema within your DNA. Your potential is infinite, but you'll never find it by looking outside of yourself. No one can give you more potential because it's within you. You see, human potential is an inside out job and you must tap into it because it's what's on the inside that eventually shows up on the outside. And that is precisely why coaches are important. Unlike teachers, consultants, managers, and mentors, who are all valuable, your coach enables you to develop a greater sense of self-awareness. Coaches are able to ask you those searching questions 
that you are unable to ask yourself, enabling you to see your possibilities from an entirely new perspective and then draw upon your internal greatness to reach your potential. You see, a coach does not bring you the answers because they know that the best answers don't come from them or from the world around you, they lie within you. And when you combine increased self-awareness with the guidance and direction that our guests can provide, you will not only discover your calling, but you will find and flourish in that dream job. Today's guest is Mac Pritchard, the founder and publisher of MaxList, an online community for people looking for rewarding, creative, and meaningful work. More than 80,000 people a month visit the site, which includes a job board, a blog, and courses about the nuts and bolts of job hunting and career management. A leading career expert, Mac helps people who are looking for a job during all of life's transitions. Millennials getting a first job, midlife professionals switching sectors, parents getting back to work after raising a family, or baby boomers who want to change careers. We will discuss each of these situations during our show. Mac is proud to own two registered B Corporation companies, which use the power of markets to solve social and environmental problems. He is the author of Land Your Dream Job Anywhere and hosts the weekly podcast, Find Your Dream Job. So Mac, welcome to Coaching for Real. Well, thank you, Ronald. I, uh, thank you for having me as a guest. You're very welcome. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm sitting in Portland, Oregon. It's August, and it's the best time of year to be out here in the Pacific Northwest. The weather is just wonderful. Oh, that's great. Glad to hear that. Thank you for being our guest today. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Great. Now, Mac, before we get into specifics of landing that dream job, I think it's important to gain a deeper understanding of who you are and how you arrived at where you are today. So please take us back as far as you want and then bring us forward to what you would consider to be that first big milestone in your journey. Well, I, I uh, grew up in the Midwest, and one of the most important values I learned from my parents and my family and, and the community where I was raised is, is the value of service. It's, it's central to the work that we do at MaxList, and I also run a public relations company, Pritchard Communications. And so in both businesses, uh, uh, it, we serve our communities, and, and I've, while I've had a lot of different jobs over the, the last four decades, Ronald, the common denominator that they all share is I've, they've given me a chance to work on issues I care about and uh, in uh, the community and make a difference in the community where I work and live. My career has been in communications. I've worked in government, uh, electoral politics, and, and in nonprofits. And 10 years ago, I started my public relations firm. We serve foundations, nonprofits, and purpose-driven brands. But I also run MaxList.org, which is an online community for people looking for rewarding creative work. Uh, and I think the most important milestone for me was uh, in in my uh, the first big one in my career journey was just figuring out in my mid twenties uh, how to look for work effectively and to find jobs that were that matched my values and gave me the opportunity to to give back to others. And that was an important milestone, Ronald, because 
most of us learn job hunting by trial and error, whether whatever our goal might be, and it it doesn't have to be that way. Job hunting and career management are skills, and they can be mastered just like learning how to ride a bike or play a sport or or, or uh, speak a language. Okay, so you talk about in the mid twenties, you're, you're trying to figure out how to uh, to look for work and maybe even start a career. What where did yeah. you go from from that point? Well, what happened to me was. I think a, an experience that's common to many people in their mid-20s, the, the first jobs I got out after college came fairly easily. I responded to a newspaper ad. I, I should back up, Ronald. I wanted to do three things after I got out of school at the University of Iowa. I wanted to work on electoral campaigns. I wanted to write, and I wanted to be involved in human rights advocacy overseas. And I actually got to do all three things by the time I was 26. I responded uh, to a newspaper ad and got a job with a U.S. Senate race right after college graduation. I got to work for a nonprofit in D.C. that worked uh, in media relations on human rights advocacy issues. And that job came to me because I'd done an internship at that organization. And through word of mouth, I learned about a third opportunity uh, in Boston working for another human rights group that took members of Congress on fact-finding trips to Central America. And I did all this by the time I was 26. And I thought, well, job hunting and careers are easy. And I left the third job, Ronald, not knowing what I was going to do next. And I didn't have any worries about finding the next position. And I actually ended up being unemployed for eight months. <laughs> and and my, my problem was this. Um, I wasn't clear about what I wanted to do next. And I also didn't really know how to look for work other than responding to newspaper ads. This was way back in the 1980s before the Internet. And while the technology has changed, we learn about publicly posted jobs now through the internet, not through newspaper ads. Most people's job hunt strategies remain the same. Um, we, we look for publicly posted positions, and here's the problem with that, Ronald. As many as 8 out of 10 positions are never posted anywhere publicly. They're filled by word of mouth. And until we understand how that system works and how to find and get what are called hidden jobs, we're, pro- we're only going to see maybe 20 to 30% of the positions out there. And so I figured this out in my, my mid-20s, but it was through a very painful process. And, uh, and, and, and I, what we do at MaxList now is try to help people avoid that pain. That's a staggering number. It and is. I would have never, or, you know, I would have never thought that that, you know, that higher percentage would be filled without some sort of a public um, posting. That's amazing. Yeah, and it's it's not a conspiracy. <laughs> if you think about it, it's really human nature that's at work here. And I, I know you've done more than your share of hiring over the years, uh, and, and you know how expensive and costly it is, not only in terms of money, but lost time and when you make a bad hiring decision. So we all want to manage that risk when we're looking for help. And what we do to uh, most of us is we turn to people we trust. Uh, and we 
hire people that we've worked with in the past. Uh, maybe we were peers or we were together at another company, or maybe it's a vendor that we've teamed up with on projects, or maybe it's somebody we just uh, served on a committee with in a, an association. But if we don't know anyone like that, uh, then we turn to people we know and trust and ask them for recommendations. Uh, and, and employers who publicly post positions, uh, also, they don't stop just with a, an ad on, the, on Craigslist or whatever uh, job board they might be using. They also turn to co- trusted colleagues for recommendations. So our challenge when we're looking for work is to understand how this system works and make sure that we're part of these conversations that are happening uh, because that's how most positions get filled, whether they're not pub- publicly posted or even often when they are. And if a job is publicly posted, yes, you need to go off and through that front door and follow all the application processes. But you also have to know uh, what's happening at the back door and figure out how you go through there as well. You, know, you hit a nerve when you when you mentioned the words uh, bad hire because yeah. you see when you're in a hiring position that is just that's that's the ultimate failure in my opinion I've, I've had some situations where my hires have just you know not turned out at all good for me or the person who I hired yeah. and that's that's just kind of the nightmare of, of someone who's in a position of hiring and I think you can I think in what you're talking about here is not only helping those who are looking for jobs to get the right job, but also helping those people who are hiring to avoid, you know, that mistake or that bad hire that really creates some issues. Yeah, it's a situation you'd never want to be in, uh, whether you're a manager or the person who took the job. Most uh, hires that don't work out, usually the person will thrive somewhere else. It's just not a good fit. And 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 and, and I've learned, I'm, I'm sure you learned this lesson far sooner than I did, that if it's not a good fit, you, I, I've learned as a manager, you can usually tell in three to six months. And it's best to part ways uh, after you've given you know, feedback and, and worked with somebody and tried to make it work. Uh, but if it's not going to work after six months, it's probably not going to be a good fit. That's that's true. It, you know, and in my in my in my case, it took a while to learn that because you just think it's going to get better, but it doesn't. So I know it's it's, it's kind of a sad <laughs> testimony, but it's 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 reality. So yeah, I want to and, interrupt you for go ahead. I'm gonna, no, please go ahead. Gonna interrupt you for just a minute because we're approaching our first commercial break. So um, when we return, um, I want to talk about. MaxList itself, kind of the concept of MaxList and how how you created it. So um, stay tuned, everyone. We will be back in a couple of minutes. You are listening to Coaching for Real on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Imagine a relationship where you're given the opportunity to think rather than being told what to think. A relationship focused on your potential, not your performance. This is coaching, an alliance designed to help you achieve your intended outcome. 
Discovering that what lies behind you and what lies before you are trivial matters compared to what lies within you. Your coach is passionate about helping you discover your masterpiece and live into your greatness at RonaldGraves.com. That's RonaldGraves.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also choose to send an email to ronald at ronaldgraves.com. Now, back to Coaching for Real. Welcome back. We're talking to Mac Pritchard, who has an impressive resume. He's the founder and publisher of Matchlist an online community for people looking for rewarding, creating, and meaningful work. He's the owner of two registered B Corp companies, which use the power of markets to solve social and environmental problems. He's the author of the book, Land Your Dream Job Anywhere, and he hosts the weekly podcast, Find Your Dream Job. So, Mac, when we were broke for commercials, we were kind of bringing everybody forward in, in your career. And I want to, before I bridge over to Mac's list and talk about that, I want to ask you one question. It's you know, I've heard it said by virtually every successful entrepreneur that, you know, no one can achieve success by themselves. So tell me, who helped you along the way and what kind of impact did they have on your success? So many people have helped me. And I, I know you've heard this expression, Ronald, you know, we stand on the shoulders of, of those who've come before us. Um, mm-hmm. And But I also think it's important to remember just how m- many people um, uh, can make a difference in uh, a person's life. And so for me, I, I can think of hundreds of people who've helped me in, in many ways, and I, I'm grateful for that. And, and it inspires me to give back uh, by making time available to talk to people who are uh, interested in, in moving ahead in their careers. But also it gets back to that central point about service and and that's what's always animated my career and and drives my companies. I, 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 I one example of somebody who made a huge difference, and I'm embarrassed to say I, I can't recall her name. But when I was going through that period of unemployment in my mid twenties, my wife uh, Chris worked at Northeastern University in Boston, and I didn't really know how to look for work and. Someone, uh, a very generous lady at the Career Services Center at Northeastern, spent several hours with me, helping me through the basics of goal setting and teaching me basic uh, job hunting techniques like networking and informational interviews. And I used the ideas and principles she shared with me to go out and get clear about my goals and connect with people who could uh, help me learn about opportunities in what I wanted to do to do. And uh, because of those networking meetings that I had, it took me about 10 weeks, 
but I ended up getting a great job, uh, again, through word of mouth, and it was part of that hidden job market we were talking about earlier. But I became the first spokesman for Boston's Big Dig. This was, again, way back in Mm -hmm. the 80s. And I I wouldn't have found that position if this person hadn't given me a few hours of her time and shared her knowledge, and and she was so generous to do so. And I, I keep that example in mind in my own career, and I found that when I give to others and and do so without any expectation of uh, getting anything in return, I get so much back uh, in in and and it's just immeasurable. It is, and it's 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 very it's very rewarding. I mean, it's I think that's kind of the way we're all wired in a way. Is that I think you're right. You know, it's 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 so much more, you know, inspiring to give than it is to receive in a lot of cases, and that and and it also makes me think that sometimes. The help you get or the help you need comes from places you would have never guessed, you know, something you would have never thought that someone would take that time to sit down with you and time that, you know, they just generously gave to you. Yeah. And I, I think many people, when they're looking for work, they they have difficulty asking others for help. One of the best ways to find and, and get these hidden jobs is through informational interviews. These are structured conversations where you sit down with people who are knowledgeable about the field you want to work in or, or, or continue to work in and ask them for their insights and advice and, and recommendations about other people you might speak to. Uh, and I find when I, for people who haven't done this, they, they're reluctant to do it because it feels awkward, it's new, it might feel uncomfortable. And they also will say, well, why would somebody spend time with me? Why would they open up their contact databases or, or make introductions? But the reason they, people do it is, to your point, Ronald, uh, we, we are wired to want to help others. And if people are spe- uh, specific about what they need help with and they ask in a clear, direct way, um, you, you'll, you're just amazed at, at the help that you get in, in response. That's, that's amazing. That's you know, I'm going to be personal here, but that's that's why I'm a coach. That, you know, of all the things I've done in my career, which has spanned, you know, almost four decades, it's coaching mm-hmm. is the most satisfying satisfying thing I do because I help people. You know, I help people improve their lives. I help people um, go to a deeper level of self awareness and and realize, you know, there's a lot of things they don't realize they can do that they can do. So it's it's very very rewarding. Yeah. I'm sure you, and when, you, know, you, have the, you have the same rewards yourself in what you do. I, I do, and, and when you sit down as a job seeker and ask someone in your field for advice and uh, uh, insights or, or introductions to others, you're giving them an opportunity to, to experience that same feeling you get as a coach because you're, you're allowing them to let them help you. And it may feel like you're, you might think, well, gosh, I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm taking something away, but you're actually giving people the opportunity to give something. And I also encourage people when they have conversations like that and they ask for help to close the meeting by saying, how can I help you? What, what can I do for you? And two things happen when you do that, Ronald. One is it just reaffirms that each of us has so much to offer others 
Uh, we may be out of work or in transition, but we still have so much knowledge and experience and wisdom, no matter where we are in our career. Um, and the other thing is, it just reaffirms when you make that offer that you're, you know, you're a peer of the person you're meeting with. You're not there like a, as a supplicant, hat in hand. You've got a lot to offer as well. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's that's great. Now. Let's get on to the Max List now. What was the inspiration for the creation of, of Max List? It was about giving to others, and but also about networking. I, 16 years ago, I, I left a position in state government in Oregon. The capital here is about 45 miles south of Portland, where I live and work now. I wanted to stay in touch with my former colleagues in, in government and politics. Nobody objects to getting... Um, a, a job posting as an email. Uh, and so I put together a simple list of people I wanted to remain in touch with and wanted to be of help to. And I, as job postings crossed my desk, I would forward them. And, and this went on for years. Um, and after seven years, I had about 800 names. And it had become a part-time job because I was doing it in a very labor-intensive way. And I, I stopped actually doing it, Ronald, for a month, and I people started calling me and that I didn't know uh, who said, hey, are you okay? Are, are you sick? <laughs> why, why did you stop doing that? <laughs> and I realized uh, that I was doing something very valuable, and so I turned it into a newsletter, uh, and uh, now, uh, uh, you know, uh, more than a decade later, that newsletter, instead of a few dozen names or 800 names, has about 25,000 people. And these are all opt-in subscribers. Um, and and I, about seven years ago, I had to monetize the newsletter because it, it had become a job. And, uh, and I found when I started charging employers, they were willing to pay for these listings because we were providing a valuable service to them. They were getting fewer applicants, but they were the right applicants. And uh, and because they were getting, instead of hundreds of resumes, a few dozen, they didn't have to wade through a big pile of applications. And the reason they were getting fewer resumes, Ronald, is because we'd grown by word of mouth, and we really were a community. We had grown organically. And it was about friends telling friends about this list and uh, family members and, and colleagues. And, and that's how networks work. And that's how MaxList works. Well, you, you know, you currently have 80,000 people visiting your site every month. And I, I, that, that is a true success story. It's, it's, I guess it's a success story, you know, because of your giving and, and you know, the, the ability to network. But, but when did it really just begin to take off? I mean, you know, you said in the beginning it, it sort of was kind of grassroots and then you gave it up for a little while. And I assume there was a time at which it just, you know, just exploded. It did. Uh, about three years ago, uh, the, the revenue really took off and it, it did in part because of the power of word of mouth, but also because we began providing uh, uh, content about job hunting. We, we relaunched our website uh, five years ago and really stepped up our education and training programs two years later. And so, and, and we started doing events in the community and it just, uh, there is a, a dynamic that comes with growth, 
but but it's driven by the power of word of mouth and 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 it's the power of that network that we're tapping. Exactly. Now, most of our show today is on you know how to land a job and how to look for a job and all that. But yeah. but what words of wisdom do you have for entrepreneurs, kind of like yourself, that you know are just starting their business and pursuing their dream? They're that are where you were when you kind of launched MaxList? Uh, I would encourage them to don't be afraid to charge for your services sooner rather than later. Uh, I And the reason I bring that up, if we had monetized MaxList earlier, we could have provided more services and better services uh, for our, our readers and our community. And I, I just thought in the beginning, Ronald, that, well, nobody will pay for this. And I, but when I, I've asked, uh, I, I didn't realize how valuable the service was that we were providing. The, the other uh, advice I would offer is know your customers and, and what they want, what their needs are. And don't try to figure that out on your own. The best way to do it is to sit down with your readers or your subscribers or whoever you're serving and ask them about what keeps them up at night. Uh, when we do that, it starts conversations, whether we do it in focus groups or at events or through surveys. It starts conversations that help us identify our customers' needs and provide products and services that make their lives better and easier. And in our case, it's about helping people find the job they want faster and easier and with, with less pain and, and, and hassle. And that's a pretty good mission to have. It's an excellent mission. You said a couple of things as you were talking there. One of them was, you know, nobody's ever going to buy this. Well, you know, I'm a big believer that people will pay for something when the value of what they receive is greater than the cost that they pay. And, mm-hmm. and when there's something they really need, they'll be glad to pay for it because it has a great amount of value to it, which is pretty much what you're and all your services are all about. And, um, right. and another thing that came to mind is that, you know, your, your clients, your customers, will determine what's valuable and what's not, uh, and what they'll pay for. So yes. sometimes we can be wrong. We can think that, you know, something we don't think has that much value. Um, your customers know the answer to that question. And like you said, when you went out and asked questions, then you realized, then you understood what they were thinking. Yes, and one of the most powerful signals I got, and I didn't understand it at the time, was that period of a month where I stopped doing the list, and people started calling me. And yes, they expressed concern about my health, but what they were really telling me, Ronald, was I was giving them great, valuable content, and they wanted to keep getting it. And uh, and, and I'm sure if I'd asked them, would you pay for this, they would have said yes. Because somehow they tracked me down and and uh, and we're making these phone calls. So <laughs> listen to your customers. They're they're telling yeah, you what they need and what they want. That's right. I guess you don't want to make assumptions on your own without without hearing from your customers first, anyway. So you don't. And and I'm sure this is a lesson you learned long ago as well. If you're creating a product, uh, whether it's a, a course or a book or an event uh, or some service. Before you go off somewhere and, and build it and then launch it, uh, ask your customers first what their needs are and whether what your idea is uh, of any interest to them. You'll save, you'll save yourself so much trouble and pain. Oh, yeah. 
Great advice. Great advice. So are there other people like you around the country doing what you're doing, or is this kind of a unique business model in Portland, Oregon? Uh, there are about 40,000 niche job boards in the United States, and that's what mm-hmm. I run, uh, a niche job board. I think what makes us unique, though, is not our job board, but it's our the fact that we serve both employers and job seekers. And many job boards don't invest in the... I, I think we're unique among sites that have job boards in our emphasis on serving job seekers and giving them nuts and bolts advice about job hunting and career management. Uh, We're proud of the value that our job listings provide to employers and job seekers, but we recognize, because employers tell us this, that uh, companies don't rely on job listings alone to fill positions and find great candidates. They, They turn to word of mouth in the hidden job market. And I think we're unique in that uh, we not only publish job listings, we teach job seekers how to navigate that hidden job market so they get the best of both worlds. Yeah. Have you ever thought about branching out into other markets and taking this model you know, beyond, you know? We have, horizon? and it's, yeah. Uh, and our, our plan is in the next five years to grow the job listings throughout the Pacific Northwest. One of the unexpected uh, benefits of the weekly podcast that we launched two years ago, uh, and you mentioned it, Find Your Dream Job, is it has helped us create a national audience for our content about job hunting. So 85% of our downloads for the weekly podcast are outside of Oregon. And 25% of the total downloads, Ronald, are overseas, mostly in English-speaking countries like the U.K. and Canada and Australia. Uh, and so we're, we're regularly in the top 40 careers chart in, the, in iTunes in the U.S. So we're, we're, we're building a, a big national audience that is hungry for the kind of information we provide about job hunting and career management. Outstanding. What what um, what was the inspiration to start a podcast? I uh, I worked in communications my whole career. I just uh, I was interested in in, in that medium. I, I have uh, always enjoyed being on radio shows, and but it was also about the needs of our audience. For the most part, there are some people who like to read information on a blog. Other people like to read a book. Um, some people like to listen to uh, podcasts while they're doing errands or commuting to work. Other people prefer video. So we can't do everything, but uh, we do have books and, and, and a blog, and, and, and now the podcast. We'll probably move it, do some video uh, in the next year or two. But it, it's in the end, it's about meeting the audience where they are and and and, and giving them information in the form they want to they want to consume it in. Okay. Good. Well, it sounds like it's been very successful, and it's growing. I, it is, and uh, I, I, I'm 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 sure you've had your own success, and and it's, I'm guessing you really enjoyed doing a podcast as well. Oh yes, very much so. It's, it's, it's extremely rewarding to do this. Um, yeah. Did it surprise you, your, your popularity on the podcast? 
Or were you expecting? Well, it's again, it, it's a long game. Uh, when we started out two years ago, our audience was much smaller, and and I'm proud of those first episodes, Ronald. But someone told me once about podcasting and and that we all have a certain amount of bad radio in us, and we just have to get it out. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, I, I think the quality of the shows was good in the beginning, and it's gotten even better and better. Um, and it, 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 podcasting is like blogging. It takes time to build an audience. And, and so if you're going to do it, uh, I, I would encourage you to uh, do at least 50, maybe 100 episodes. And I, I think if you show up consistently and provide great content and you know who you're serving you will build an audience over time and but it does take time uh, there's you know, I, I joke about max list it's a 16 year overnight success um, and True. you know 10 years ago I, I wouldn't have predicted it was going to be where it is today but it's because we have shown up consistently and and we're always improving the services we offer the people we serve and we've gotten clearer and clearer about who our community is and how to meet their needs well you can I mean, they can depend on you. That's pretty yeah. important. Yeah. Okay, we're coming up on our final commercial break. When we return, i got a couple of things I want to discuss. One of them is the, uh, you know, changing communities and creating a mindset for positive good. And the other is some of the, some of the unique challenges that the different people have in, in finding a new career and a new job. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to Coaching for Real on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Imagine a relationship where you're given the opportunity to think rather than being told what to think. A relationship focused on your potential, not your performance. This is Coaching, an alliance designed to help you achieve your intended outcome. Discovering that what lies behind you and what lies before you are trivial matters compared to what lies within you. Your coach is passionate about helping you discover your masterpiece and live into your greatness at RonaldGraves.com. That's RonaldGraves.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also choose to send an email to ronald at ronaldgraves.com. Now, back to Coaching for Real. Hello, welcome back. We're talking to entrepreneur, author, and podcaster, Mac Pritchard. We broke, we were discussing, we were discussing a lot of things. I don't even remember where we left off because there were so many good, <laughs> so many good content and so much good discussion, mostly on giving back and helping others uh, improve their lives. But I, and, and kind of on that topic, I'm, I'm going to switch topics just a little bit. You say that you help people 
land their dream job, and then you say use business as a force for good. So talk about the second half of that statement. Why did you choose to start companies that use business as a force for good? Well, I, I talked earlier about the importance of, of service uh, uh, to others in my career, and, and I did that early in my career, well, the first few decades of my career, Ronald, by working for in politics and government and nonprofits. And I I didn't see myself as a business owner, but I I always had an entrepreneurial mindset, and, and especially working in politics, you learn how to. If, if you're on a political campaign, how to how to set up systems fast, create an organization, uh, recruit people, get investors, donors, um, and you have a product, it's a candidate, and you know on election day whether you have a sale or not. And and if you do, and I've, I've been through that process about a dozen times for mm-hmm. different candidates and campaigns, and it, it's almost very similar, like being a serial. Entrepreneur, and so I, I, I think that I, I had the opportunity ten years ago to start my own public relations company. Someone came to me who I'd worked with and offered to hire me as a halftime consultant. And I, I at first I thought, well, that that's not me. I've always worked for somebody else. But it, it was a chance to do social change communications. The the contract was helping uh, nonprofit organizations that were making a difference, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll give it a try. And I, I, it went well, and I got more work offered to me, and, and suddenly, I, I, over time, I began doing it full-time, and then I started hiring people. And so it's, uh, particularly as, as public dollars and revenues shrink uh, because of tax caps and other reasons, uh, working in business, I think it's always been this way, but increasingly uh, it gives you an opportunity to, to make a difference and, and serve people. And, and, um, and being a certified benefit corporation it formalizes that process and makes us part of this global movement. Um, there are thousands of them around the world that, that are, are doing this kind of work. Very interesting. Interesting. How can you, how can you instill that mindset? create positive change in our communities. So talk about that for a minute. Well, I, I think that comes from the, our values, and it's off, often begins with our families and, and the communities we, we live in and where we're raised, but also the lessons we learn along the way. I, I find that we, we talked about the power of generosity, and uh, we've talked about service uh, and giving without expectation of getting anything in return and you know you you need to run a profitable business uh, but I think those values can help you do that and I think the uh, in that mindset uh, uh, starts with your values and your your upbringing but also what you learn and in your career and in your personal life and I I think it uh, it it's a valuable perspective to have as a as a business owner because you're not only thinking about the community, but you're thinking about the needs of your customers and how you can serve them. And I think uh, uh, business owners who think about the problems of the people they want to buy their services or products are going to have a, a huge advantage over those who, who don't have that mindset. Exactly. Good advice. 
I'm going to switch gears just a little bit again. I'm going to go back to kind of the job-seeking groups. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to list a few, if it's all right with you. I'm going to list some job-seeking sure. groups and ask you to discuss the unique challenges. Let's start with the millennials seeking to move up in their careers or even change careers. Well, I, I think for millennials, and, and this is true of every generation that is at the start of their career, boomers and Xers before them, you you need to uh, shift from being in school to uh, in being in the workplace, and you need to master uh, good work habits that are going to help you at the start of your career and, and through all the years that follow. A great way to do that is internships or summer jobs, uh, and the internships give you professional qualifications that are going to uh, give you an advantage in the hiring process, but I, I can't emphasize how important it is to to have good work habits, and you can get those from jobs in the service industry. Uh, you know, I was I had a client who worked at one of the largest foundations in the U.S. I was getting ready to hire an account manager uh, to work on her account, and and I was looking through resumes, and I said, "What should I look for?" Uh, what, are there a particular set of skills that you care about? And she said, look for people who've worked in restaurants as servers because they are they have to think about the needs of the people they're, they're, they're serving. They're, they've got to be good at time management. They've got to be good at, at setting priorities, and they have to have a great work ethic. So uh, people who had that experience, in her mind, had more of advantage than people who might have had fancier college degrees or, or gone to more selective colleges. So don't under, under, um, undersell the, the value of that kind of work experience. It matters to employers. Well, very good insight. Extremely good. All right, let's switch to baby boomers who may find themselves forced out the door or even may just need to change careers in their lives. Yeah, it's ageism in hiring is it's a fact of life. It's not right. It's wrong. In fact, and we all know it's illegal. Mm-hmm. You so if you find yourself uh, unemployed in in your fifties or sixties, and I'm fifty eight, uh, you've got to. Uh, there are tactical things you can do uh, to get back into the workforce. Uh, I think it it makes job hunting skills, that situation even more important. You've got to be clear about what you want. You've got to, you've got to uh, invest the time if you haven't done so in, in learning how to, to network, how to, uh, how to find those hidden jobs that we talked about earlier. And if you want to switch sectors, you've got to be clear about what you have to offer and why, from the employer's perspective, it makes sense to hire someone with your skills. You you can do this, and it, it takes some preparation and training, uh, but the good news is people do it, and, and the ones who are successful at switching sectors in, invest. In, they have a plan, and um, they, they know what the case is uh, for why an employer should hire them and because they've, they've spent the time building that case and understanding the employer's needs. Uh, you got me to thinking here. I, you know, I, I work mm-hmm. in the world of leadership and do a lot of leadership yeah. training. That's a skill that is transferable to any industry if you're a good right. leader. Um, regardless yeah. of whether you have the technical knowledge, you can lead people. Absolutely. And, 
Uh, and we would, and leadership is uh, one set of transferable skills. There are many others. You, but you can't wait to be picked. You can't wait for an employer to dig through your resume and your cover letter to see these things. You've got to, uh, you've got to make that case yourself, and you have to be persuasive. Uh, and one of the best ways to figure out what employers want and what objections they're going to have and how to overcome them is to talk to people, other boomers who've made the, done the sector switching that you want to do and ask them about their experiences, the lessons they learned and uh, the, the challenges they faced and, how, and get their advice about, find, find out from them how they overcame those challenges and apply what you learn to your own case. You don't have to figure it out all by yourself. We talked earlier in the show, Ronald, about how people do want to help other people, and, and you should tap into that, and, and as well as offer what you can do to help others. Great. All right, how about parents who have raised their families and now they're ready to re-enter the workforce? It's uh, typically, there's a, it's often women who are in this situation, not always, but it's not unlike boomers who are uh, who've been out of the might have been laid off and now are facing some discrimination in hiring. Uh, so these could be people in their forties. Um, I think their challenges are they have to make sure their job hunting skills are up to speed. Uh, they have to reconnect with their network. Uh, often people who, who have been raising families and have taken a break from working in, in, the, in an office or other workplaces have done a lot of volunteer work and, uh, or they've uh, done community service. And that is valuable to employers, and they need to um, understand how to present that and show that value to employers. But they uh, also need to tap into their networks and uh, it's, again, an example where job hunting skills are, are really going to matter. You just can't reply to postings on job boards. Yeah. Um, we got time for one more. We're running out of okay. time. I could, I could talk for all night with all this interesting information. Give me. Let's talk about one I've been personally involved with because I've seen so much of it happen. As individuals who've been laid off because of plant closures, and now the unemployment benefits are running out, and they're just kind of discouraged. Yeah. What unique, unique challenges do they have? Well, I, if a plant has closed, and they, they, I'm, I'm, I, I know that while they've been collecting unemployment benefits, they've been looking for work, and they've probably been looking for a position similar to the one they had. If it's and at this point, I, it's, I'm guessing that there there just aren't those opportunities, and it and there's always the possibility a plant may call a workforce back. But usually, and the length of unemployment benefits vary from states, but usually it's about six months, uh, maybe 24 weeks, and you know whether you're going to get a call back or by that point whether there are other opportunities like that in the community. So it, it, you, in fact, you usually have a pretty good idea in the first month or two. So you need to take charge. Uh, and if it doesn't look like you're going to be going back to the factory and there aren't other opportunities, you need to think about what you're going to do instead. 
and don't wait until month five or six to have that conversation with yourself. Do it in, in uh, early, and that will give you the opportunity to to go through a process of goal setting and figuring out what you might do in, in, in differently. There, most communities uh, offer every state has a an employment department and they do have free services uh public services rather for people who, who are looking for work and that can be a great resource for helping you to figure out alternative jobs or careers uh community colleges uh, often have career resource offices and retraining programs if you are thinking about uh, changing occupations again do it early and and uh, and and then uh, often community colleges will have programs that will help you do that. Great, thank you. Well, Mac, it's been we're running out of we've just run out of time. Okay, <laughs> it's been a great conversation. Sincere pleasure having you. How can our listeners get in touch with you and take advantage of everything you have to offer? Your list, your uh, web, your podcasts, your book, which we didn't even get a chance to talk about. Well, if listeners are interested, uh, they can. We do have a special offer. If they go to maxlist.org slash coaching for real, the name of your mm-hmm. show, they can download the first chapter of the book for free. And there's more information about the book. It's available on our website and Amazon. That's Land Your Dream Job Anywhere. They can also uh, read our blog and get episodes of our podcast on our website, which is maxlist.org. Outstanding. Can't wait to start listening to your blogs. It sounds like they're oh, extremely you. interesting. Well, I've thank enjoyed you. the conversation, Ronald. It's been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. Well, it's Sam Benson for your pleasure having adding value to everyone that's been listening tonight on Coaching for Real. May the Lord bless you and keep you until we meet again, and we will see you back here again next week. Thank you for listening to Coaching for Real today. Be sure to join Ronald Graves again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again very soon.